Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. excited today to be able to welcome you to our journey, our initiative called Imagine. I want to thank you for your interest in what God has in store for us here at Grace Crossing Church. You may be asking yourself today, what is Imagine? Well, Imagine is a two-year journey that is designed to pull us and draw us closer to God and closer to one another. It is a catalytic movement that is designed to both transform our lives and help us to better align with the vision that God has given us here at Grace Crossing Church. We are a church that is an emotionally healthy church, filled with fully surrendered Christ followers, whose hearts are set ablaze to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. And what excites us about this Imagine event is it's a chance for all of us to draw closer together to one another to accomplish what God has given us here at Grace Crossing Church. It is an opportunity to use our time, our talents, our treasures to fulfill the vision and mission God has for us here at Grace Crossing Church. We are thrilled today to be able to tell you more about this Imagine initiative and what lies just ahead of us as we journey together, as we lock arms in what God has for us here at Grace Crossing Church. And so we invite you to begin even now praying and asking God what your part will be, how God would want you to imagine with us for the future of Grace Crossing Church. been really exciting to sit and watch the process all happen in, in God's time and, and being blessed to be in various leadership roles. What we've seen is uh, a tremendous willing to wait on God for the right moment in time for each step this body's taken and imagine is basically just falling right in time with that the course of the last several years have seen us transform ourselves emotionally and, and structurally and spiritually and, and it's really now time to change physically and it's it's really been amazing to see that it hasn't been rushed it's all been prayed through with God's intent and purpose the first component of the imagine initiative is Boulder we imagine enlarging our generosity together over the next two years to the core ministry plan of Grace Crossing Church in an effort for the work of God's kingdom to advance here in us and through us. As we look to the future, we see a thriving children and youth ministry designed and equipped to better resource and reach families in our community. As we look to our future, we see specialized ministry staff that have been intentionally equipped to help us connect with families that God is bringing to Grace Crossing Church. 
Finally, we see a more robust missions focus designed to help us to better take the gospel of Jesus Christ to more people, both locally and globally. I'm excited that there's such a huge focus on the kids and um, being a, the kids, uh, elementary kids coordinator, um, this focus on kids just shows how much the church loves the kids and sees how important they are. That um, families choose churches based on whether kids like to be a part of that ministry. And so um, I'm excited because this will be a place for them to grow and to be able to run around and maybe to even make noise without worrying about how loud they are, um, just so they can be kids. And, but to still have the opportunity uh, to learn more about God, to learn more about His love, and so that excites me. The second component of Imagine is bigger. We imagine expanding our current facility and parking lot in order to meet the current demands of our children and family ministries, as well as provide us adequate space for projected growth. Although our facility has served us well these past eight years, it is inadequate for the pace at which these ministries have grown. Building now will enable us to reach more families and to remain a viable option for parents that are selecting a place in which to spiritually equip their children. The third component of the Imagine Initiative is brighter. We imagine engaging every person here at Grace Crossing Church in an effort to leave an enduring legacy for future generations. We cannot imagine doing this initiative without you, nor can we do this initiative without you. The primary goal of the Imagine Initiative is 100% engagement. We desire every person who calls Grace Crossing Church their church to become actively engaged and involved in the Imagine Initiative. Now is the time that we come together and we heighten our unity in order to advance the vision and mission that God has given us here at Grace Crossing Church. The secondary goal of the Imagine Initiative is $3.2 million. Let me break this down for you. Boulder is 1.7 million. This comprises the core operational plan of Grace Crossing Church for the next two years. Now this is a one fund, which means all of your current giving will be factored in to your commitment to the Imagine Initiative. Bigger is 1.5 million. This is what we will invest in the expansion of our facility. Although Brighter does not have a financial allocation, we desire to see everyone at Grace Crossing Church enthusiastically involved in our ministries. It's been said in the lifetime of every church, there's at least one moment of great opportunity. Grace Crossing Church, this is our moment. This is our opportunity. And I want to invite you to imagine with us. Hey, good morning. So you all got the memo. At least most of you did. Welcome to Grace Crossing Church. What an exciting morning to be together, to celebrate what God is doing, what God has done, and what God is going to do here at Grace Crossing Church. You guys look fantastic this morning. I'm so thankful. What a great whiteout morning here. And yeah, what a whiteout day it was yesterday for those Buckeyes, right? Silencing. Those Nittany Lions, what a great day. Well, our church is growing, in case uh, you haven't noticed, and God is doing good things here. We actually have the newest member of Grace Crossing Church that joined us at 6 a.m. this morning. Pastor Life had his fifth grandchild. So this is little Cal, 
and a little cow was, was born somewhere between an elevator and the delivery room, okay? It was, it was one of those moments, one of those days. Uh, I don't know all the details yet, but I know enough to know I can't wait to hear the story, right? It's going to be exciting. But Cal joined the world and joined the Anderson family, which means Cal has joined our family. And uh, it's just another growth here at Grace Crossing Church that we're excited to be able to welcome him to our family. Well, this is a great day as we begin a two-year journey, but today we begin a, a five-week series that's actually going to lead us in the next five weeks called Imagine. I, I don't know what that word does to you, but man, that word inspires me. When I think of this word imagine, I think about the possibilities of everything that can be. And in this Imagine initiative, we're not just simply talking about what could be at Grace Crossing Church. We're focusing on what should be at Grace Crossing Church. This initiative is not about what we will do, it is about what God will do through us and what we will become in the process. And it's going to be an amazing journey. It's a faith-building journey for us, uh, one that's going to bring us closer together and closer to God. And so I couldn't be more excited about having you here for week number one of Imagine, having you here for this whiteout Sunday. Thank you for joining us. Now, I want to mention a, a couple of things before we jump in today. Uh, the first thing is you may have noticed when you walked in that we have already done a modest expansion of our kids' space, okay? We have needed that space for a while, and we finally have pulled the trigger. We've made it possible. We actually have, have had a couple of staff members give up office space so that we could expand our kids' ministry. Instead of three rooms, we now have five rooms. And we're very excited about having the space for our kids. We want you, when you leave here, if you haven't done it already, on both the right-hand side of the gallery and the left-hand side of the gallery, you can take a look at our new kids' rooms. Now, these are just a little glimpse of what's coming of what God's going to do in this next season with us together. But it's going to give us some immediate breathing room, which we've needed some breathing room for our family ministry. And I know our kids' team is just elated today about having that space. They have been so cramped, and they have been so congested. They've needed breathing room for so long. And now we give them a little lift. We actually break our elementary into two. So instead of kindergarten through fifth grade, it's now K through two and third through fifth grade. So it's a step in the direction we see ourselves moving. It's not the end game, but it gets us closer, at least, with the space that we have to be able to meet the current demands and then uh, think about the anticipated growth. In case you don't know this, by the way, there's a projected 500 single-family homes coming within a mile of Grace Crossing Church in the next couple of years. We are going to be pivotally located, strategically placed, to be able to serve and reach those families and we know that God is going to give us the ability to be set up to do that through this Imagine initiative. So we couldn't be more excited about what God is doing. This interior uh, remodel is just a Band-Aid, really. It's a Band-Aid to the, to, to the problem, but at least gives us a little bit uh, that we can think about for our future. Now, every one of you, when you walked in, should have received an Imagine journal. If you didn't, our ushers are coming. And uh, as I share about this Imagine uh, journal, let me just have you lift your hands. If for some reason you did not get one, when you walked in, we'll make sure we get one in your hands. But let me talk about this journal, why this journal matters, why it's important, and uh, what we're doing with this. This is a tool, a spiritual development resource that we have created for each one of you. So what we'd like you to do is we'd like you to bring this journal with you every single week of this series. 
There is inside of this journal a note section for every week for the talk. There's also reflection questions that go along with the message. And those reflection questions will be used in one of two ways. For those of you that have made the really wise decision to be a part of a connection group, you will have the opportunity to talk about, unpack, and really, uh, really process those questions together uh, as a community. And we would encourage you, it is not too late to jump into a connection group. If you're here and you're not in a connection group and you're still thinking, man, you've been on the fence, you've been wondering, what should I do? I mean, I'm just not sure what I would experience. This is a great short-term experience, turnkey, everything's here for you, uh, but it gives you an opportunity to experience the life of a connection group for a short period of time, and I promise you, money back guaranteed, you will not be disappointed in jumping into one of those. But these reflection questions are both to be used for that. But if for some reason your schedule doesn't permit you to be in a connection group, then use these reflection questions and take opportunity to uh, think about them or share them together as a couple or a family and, uh, and process through those. And along that lines, there's another resource, two of them actually, that I want to mention. We're going to come back to the journal in just a moment. But at the table when you leave this morning, there is an engagement journal that we have provided during our Imagine events. This is a really critical spiritual development tool and resource. And we have a few of these remaining. So if you're looking for, again, a way just to grow your life spiritually, to find some tools that may help you devotionally, may help you as a couple to have really rich conversation about your influence, about your lifestyle, about your legacy, about what matters to you uh, in your life, this is a great way to process that. These are available at the table. You can pick these up on your way out. I am really excited about this resource. This is a prayer.card. And um, this card actually is designed to help us as a church to pray together daily for the Imagine Initiative. Now, I'm just curious by applause, how many of you utilize the 714 prayer during the one series that we just did? You were praying at 714. You know, it's just a great thing to have a reminder, isn't it? Something that helps us to remember what really matters in our life. Well, this card actually contains at the top three dots, and here's why it's called a prayer dot card. Because you can take those three dots and place those at prominent locations, visible locations, that every time you see them, it will remind you to pray. So I've got one on my phone. It's no longer gold, it's now silver. But every time I pick up my phone and I see the dot, I'm reminded to pray for Imagine. Every time I open my, my, my Mac computer, uh, and every time I, I open the lid of that and I look at it, I'm first reminded to pray, God, what do you want me to imagine? How do you want to flow through me during this Imagine initiative? And then the third place I placed one is I placed one on my car, in my windshield. Because it's a reminder to me every time I get in my car and I turn the car on to just say a prayer. God, help me to imagine. And so we would encourage you. There's, a, again, a handful of these available They'll be at the table as well on your way out. If you want something that will help you be able to pray with us, remind to pray, great way for you to do that. Now, I'm going to ask you, every one of us, to take our Imagine journal and turn to the first page, grab a pen, and write your name in page number one. Because in, in, inevitably, some of you are going to leave your journal here. This week, we're going to have some lost and found, okay? So if you will write your name and also your number, in case you leave it, we can get a hold of you. Because you're going to want to have this with you every single week of this initiative. You're going to want to have it with you at the connection group. You're going to want to have it with you at your house so that you can process through 
with us this material. So I'm asking you to just write name, write your number, and then that way uh, you'll have this journal with you, but you won't confuse it with someone else's, and we can get it back to you. For some reason, you misplace it. And uh, there's just a lot of good content in here, but this morning, I'm going to invite you to turn to page 13. Because this morning, as we begin this Imagine initiative, and we begin this series, we want to pick up where we've left off. In some ways, this is not really a new series. In many ways, this is an extension of the series we've just completed. Because if you will remember, if you've been part of that series with us, we've been talking about oneness. We've been talking about being a church that's together, a church that's unified. Oh, a church that has lots of diversity, but a church that is that, that it's experiencing diverse unity in everything that we do. And we're celebrating it. We're honoring it. We're lifting it up. We're praying into it. And really, this series is really picking up right where one has left off. In fact, we actually are in the same exact book, the book of Ephesians. No surprise. Because Ephesians actually is a book about God bringing unity to the body of Christ and how beautifully he does that. And this really is how this series begins and how the series ended. Because if God can take two hostile parties, if God can take segregated groups, if God can take hostility and tear it down, if God can take two people who are at odds with each other because of their ethnicity, their culture, because of their language, and he can make them one, then it only stands to reason God can do anything. If God can do that, then there is nothing that God cannot do because that is such a beautiful picture of how powerfully God is at work within his church. And that leads us right into the theme verse of this Imagine Initiative. It's Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. We are going to look at this passage and these two verses from a different translation every week. And here's why. Because there are unique nuances in these texts that I want us to see. This first one comes from the message. It's the street language Bible. If you ever want to get a Bible that just speaks a street language, pick up the message. It's heartfelt. It's raw. It's real. It's not polished. But here's how it reads in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. God can do anything you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah, in Jesus. Glory down all generations, glory throughout all millennia. Now, as we begin this initiative, I want to ask you a very, very basic question. Do you believe that God can do anything? 
I mean, do you believe in the core of your being that God is capable of doing absolutely anything? Now, I just have a hunch that all of us here, if I were to sit down with you and ask you that question, you would say undeniably, unmistakably, you believe that God can do anything. But you and I both know that our actions speak much louder than our words. You and I both know that when push comes to shove, what really tells the story of whether or not we believe that is not what we say, but it's how we live. We would all agree that it is our behaviors that actually tell the true story of what it is we believe. Now, let me give you just a few illustrations from my own life. These are three examples that challenge all of us to the core of what we really believe. Worry. Do you ever like me worry? Do you ever like me find yourself consumed with worry? Worry is not just the absence of peace in our life. It's also the absence of a faith that believes that God is capable. Because whenever we worry, what we're really saying is, I don't really believe in God's goodness. I, I don't really believe that God has my best interest in mind here and at heart. I really don't believe that God is capable of doing what he says. Here's another illustration, prayerlessness. Prayerlessness is a great example that we may see, say we believe God can do anything, but prayerlessness is proof that we often don't. I think the reason we don't pray is not because prayer is hard, as some people have said. I think the reason we don't pray is because we really don't believe in the core of our being that God's going to change anything, that it's going to really make a difference. Let me, let me just say, tomorrow night, and I don't say this by any other reason, but by way of just helping to illustrate the point. Tomorrow night at 6.30, we'll have one prayer. What I saw after 9-11 was I saw people flood the church for prayer. Why? Because they needed God. Tomorrow night, we won't have near this many that will gather. If we really believed that God was capable of doing anything, we couldn't keep we couldn't have enough space to keep people out of the church to pray. We wouldn't, we, our prayer closets would be filled with our prayers, right, if we really believed. And then what about disobedience? Why is it we disobey what we know God says in his word? I think I understand why, because I've done it in my own life. I don't honor God's word many times because I don't trust and believe God will honor his word to us. So listen, I come to this first week with a deep conviction. And here's the deep conviction. To imagine all that God has for us in this initiative, many of us will first have to reimagine God. To get out of this imagine initiative all God has for us we may first have to reimagine God.
Now, why reimagine God? Why is that the right launching pad for this series? The answer to that question is actually the big idea of this series. God is limited only by our imagination. Another word for imagination is faith. And I'm not suggesting this morning that everything you believe God for is going to happen. But I can almost guarantee you that what you don't believe God for isn't going to happen. The, the, really, God is limited only by our wildest dreams and by our imagination. Many people believe and live their life as though God is limited by their limitations. God is not limited by our limitations, but God is limited by our imagination. It is what we believe God for. It is what we believe God can do. And the question this morning as we launch this series is, do we really believe what the Scripture teaches, that God can do anything? Now, Paul leads into this with six powerful verses. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to unpack these verses. Here they are. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. Paul's thinking back of all the good things God has done, including diverse unity. Here's what he says. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Look at how Paul begins verse number 14. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray. Let me ask you a second question. When you fall to your knees and pray, to whom do you pray? You say, Pastor Gil, that's, a, that's just such a silly question. Of course we pray to God. No, no. But I mean, who is the God to whom you pray? Because when we do pray, when we fall to our knees and we pray, we are imagining something. There is something going on inside of our hearts and inside of our minds by way of imagination that actually is telling us who it is that we pray to. I think this is such a critical question because this is not just a theological question. It's also a very much a relational question. The way we answer that question actually affects every single thing about our lives. 
Here's, here's what I, I believe. I believe every decision, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian here today, every decision you have made in your life up until this moment has been largely shaped by the way that you view God. And I believe every decision that I will make in the future for myself, for my family, and for my future, I will make largely based on how I view God. It is that important. It is that critical. In fact, author A.W. Tozer, in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, writes this. And I want you to hear this because this is profound from this book. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. The history of mankind will probably show that no people has ever risen above its religion. And man's spiritual history will positively demonstrate that no religion has ever been greater than its idea of God. Worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself. And the most portentous fact about any man is not what he is at a given time, or at a given time what he may say or do, but what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. We tend, by a secret law of the soul, to move toward our mental image of God. This is true not only of the individual Christian, but of the company of Christians that composes the church. Always the most revealing thing about the church is her idea of God. The most important thing about Grace Crossing Church is what we collectively think about when we pray. It's what image comes to our mind. It's what our imagination tells us. It's what we believe God to be like. Actually, that's exactly what Proverbs 23 says. It says, be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. So we've all heard it said, you are what you eat. The scripture teaches you are what you think. And when you think about God, what you think about God is who you become. And that's the reason that I believe God is much more concerned with changing our minds and changing our hearts than he is changing our circumstances. Because if God can change our minds about him and God can change our hearts about him, if God can inspire our imagination and we can reimagine what God is and who he is, according to scripture, it will change everything. It'll change our prayers. It'll change how we handle worry. It'll change what we do with what God has entrusted to us. It will change our future as we imagine and reimagine God. Until we believe that God is the most transformational character in our life, we are limiting what God is capable of doing. So as Paul prays, Here's how he helps us reimagine God. There's three things I want you to walk away with today. Number one, reimagine a God 
who is our perfect father. Reimagine a God who is our perfect father. This is what he says back in Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 14. I fall to my knees and pray to the father. Now, I want you to close your eyes for just a minute. And I want you to imagine the perfect father. Some of you are going to have a hard time doing this because your image of a father has been tainted. Like me, some of you have not had a good role model of an earthly dad. Some of you have experienced tremendous pain at the the hands of your dad. Some of you have an indelible impression that's not good. But even for those of you here that are thinking about how wonderful your dad is, let me tell you, your dad's not perfect. Your dad's not perfect. So I want you to imagine what a perfect dad's like. Think about how good that perfect dad would be. Think about how ideal that perfect dad would be. Think about how attentive and attuned that perfect dad would be. Think about how that dad would make sure to come to your aid when you're in times of need. Think about how that dad would not fail you. Now, whatever that image is you have right now of the perfect dad, magnify it by a thousand. And even then, you will not hit what our perfect father is like. You see, sometimes in our life, here's what we do. We we come to God and we approach God through the lenses of our experiences and our limitations. In other words, what we do is we downgrade God to be like us. It, It was Voltaire who, who, the French philosopher who's actually quoted with this statement. I think it's profound. God made us in his image and man returned the favor. We have now made God in our image. And so what do we do when we come to pray? We think about God as our father. We know the scripture teaches it. We know that 400 times in the New Testament, the word father is used and almost all of them are found in the gospels. In Jesus' conversation with his good dad. And he's telling us, here's the frame of God. He's a perfect father. But if you keep looking at that father through the lenses of your father, instead of bringing to God what the scripture teaches about him, you'll limit him. You'll place limits on God that God never intended. And so it starts with us reimagining the father heart of God. He is a perfect dad. And he has all of the best in mind for us. Paul actually goes on to tell us, secondly, to reimagine God as altogether creative. Reimagine God as altogether creative. When you pray, when you think about God, do you actually think about God as creative? For most of us, what we think about when we think about creation is we think about the past. We think about God's creative genius once upon a time. But did you know as Paul prays, here's what he says in verses 14 and 15, I pray to the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. God's creativity is not limited by time or space. God has not ended his creativity. 
In fact, God is as creative today as he's ever been. And I believe God wants to bring that creativity into our lives so we can experience it and we can live in it. Outside of the resurrection, there's only one miracle that gets any more press time in the Gospels. In fact, it is the one miracle outside the resurrection I would suggest to us is the most significant. Why? Because it appears in all four Gospels. It's the only miracle outside the resurrection that does. And it's the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And I want to take you there for just a few minutes. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14. Jesus gets to a lonely place. The Bible says this great crowd comes and they press into him. And here's what it says. As evening approached, the disciples came to Jesus and said, This is a remote place. And it's already getting late. As though Jesus did not know that. I, I really find the disciples intriguing. I mean, they are just brilliant, aren't they? They, they, they come and they just want to bring Jesus these aha. They are like so many people today that want to bring to us problems but never bring solutions. That's exactly what they're doing. They're saying, we got a problem. It's remote. There's nowhere to go. There's no mini-mart here. Nowhere to buy food. Let's just do this. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Brilliant. Now, here's Jesus. Think about this. Here's Jesus who created everything. He was there from the beginning. He spoke the word and everything. We sang it earlier. The stars will praise him. How can I do anything less? He created the night sky that was beginning to fall on that hillside. He created the grass they were standing on. He created the moment they were about to experience. And here are his disciples who had been with him and walked with him. And yet their answer is, send them away. They're a burden. I love how Jesus replies. They do not need to go away. You, you give them something to eat. Here's what Jesus is saying. You get creative. You figure it out. I am the creator of everything that is here on this planet. There is nothing too hard for me, nothing I can't do. And what I want you to do, disciples, is begin to think like me. I want you to begin to believe that this creativity has not ended in Genesis chapter 1. It continues today. So you get creative. You find a solution. You do something. You step out in boldness, even when you feel terrified to do it. Here's what the disciples say. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. How often do we allow our limitations to prevent God's creativity? How often do we say, I don't have those gifts, so there's nothing I can do? 
I don't have the kind of abilities that person has. I, I wish I could sing like that. I can't. So, so I guess I just won't do anything. How often do we say, my resources are limited? I could never contribute anything significant. My five loaves and two fishes are going to pale in comparison to 5,000 men, not including women and children. There are 20,000 people estimated on the hillside gathering that day. And they're worried about their limitations, as we all are. What is this so little to feed so many? Here's what it goes on to say. Verses 18 through 20. Bring them here to me. What Jesus is saying is this. Whatever it is you have, bring it to me. This is where this Imagine initiative begins and ends. Because what Jesus is inviting all of us to do is to bring to him and submit to his authority, his leadership, whatever it is we have. And say, so, you know what, it may not be much. I may feel the limitations on what I can do, but you know what? I could give my five loaves and two fish because I do have that. I can respond. And Jesus is saying, if you bring it to me, what it is you have, if you just bring it to me and surrender it and submit it to me, watch what will happen. As he directed the people to sit down on the grass, he then took the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gives thanks and he broke the loaves. And then here's what I, I love what it says. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. What is it that Jesus gave back to them? It's what they offered to him. It's what little they had. They said, I'm bringing to you what I have. It's not much, but in our own willingness to just be creative... And be humble and submissive, God. We're going to just present it to you and then watch what Jesus does. He takes it and blesses it, and then he entrusts it right back to us. He gives it to the disciples. He goes, listen, it's, get, it's, it's still yours, but now it's yours with my blessing. Now it's yours with my favor. Now, because you're not holding on to it with white knuckles, watch what I can do. And as they begin to submit and distribute the bread, they did the distribution. A miracle happens. As I pray about my commitment in this Imagine initiative, as Kelly and I have been praying, we are excited because we know that God can do much with what we offer to him. And we know that if we can come to God in a creative manner and say, Lord, you're the creator of heaven and earth. It all belongs to you. Everything. The cattle on a thousand hills, the psalmist said, belongs to God. But guess what? So do the hills that the cattle graze on. They're all his. He's saying, if you'll just come and you'll bring what you have, watch what the end of the story says. They all ate and were satisfied. Do you know why we want 100% and enthusiastic engagement in this initiative because I want us to all be satisfied and I want us to all partake of the miracle of what God's going to do. Think of a disciple 
that withheld what he had from the Lord. Think of a disciple that said, I'm not going to distribute five loaves and two fish. I'm going to look like a fool. He missed out on the miracle. He didn't get to participate in all that God had. As we come to God, we need to reimagine a God who is a perfect father. We need to reimagine a God who is absolutely creative and wants to be creative as we let him flow through us. And there's one final thing. Verse number 16. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Paul's challenge to us is to reimagine a God of unlimited resources. Now, I just looked up again the 10 most wealthiest people in the world in Forbes. The highest one, $120 billion. For us, we can't even wrap our heads, right, around $120 billion. Try wrapping your head around unlimited resources. Because even $120 billion can't buy the world, can't buy the earth, can't buy all that belongs to God. And God is saying to us, I have these unlimited resources, and what we often do is we put our limitations on top of God. And our limitations create a limit on what God is able to do. So I ask you this morning, where are you placing a limit on God by your limitations? Maybe in your marriage. Could be in your family. Could be with your job. Perhaps it is in your finances. Perhaps there's a way that you're taking what you see as a limit and placing it, and now it's become a limitation on what God is able to do because we're trying to figure it out. What I think the Bible presents to us is a God that can do anything, that has limitless resources, and our limits should never be a limitation on God. Our imagination, yes, but not our limitations. So I'm going to close with this story. There's a powerful story a number of years ago of a, of a widow lady in Sao Paulo, Brazil. This lady actually had five children, and she was at the end of her ropes, she was a God-fearing woman. She prayed, she believed. And this woman was down to her last few dollars. She had no groceries left to feed her kids. All she knew to do was to hit her knees and pray. And when she did, God spoke to her heart. And God said to her, I want you to go down to the, to the El Dorado supermarket and I want you to buy a month's worth of groceries. And she protested. She said, God, I don't have even a dollar to buy any groceries. And the Lord said, I want you to go, and I want you to get in aisle number seven. So this lady was a woman of faith. She trusted God. She made arrangements for her kids. She went down to the El Dorado supermarket. She shopped. And then she was going to get in line and was being directed to another aisle. And she said, you don't understand. 
my father sent me here and told me that I needed to go to aisle number seven. And so she stood in a long line in aisle number seven, and as the line began to thin, all of a sudden the light came on and said, this cashier register is closing. She was told to go to another line. She said, I, I, I can't do that. My father said to come to aisle number seven. She waited an hour. An hour later, the clerk came back and could not believe she was standing there. And she said, said what are you doing here? And said, I, I have to go through this line because my father told me to go to aisle seven. And as the clerk is checking out the groceries, she's getting down near the end and she all of a sudden is feeling that sense of panic because she has no idea how she's going to pay for a month's worth of groceries. Just about that time, there was an announcement that came over the loudspeaker of the El Dorado supermarket. Today, we are celebrating our seventh anniversary. And we're honoring our millionth customer. And whoever right now is checking out in aisle number seven, you are getting a year's worth of groceries. That's the kind of God we serve. Now, some of you right now are doubting whether that could happen. If that story can happen to the feeding of the 5,000, for us to even question that God can do that, if we are, we need to reimagine the God we pray to. He is a God that can do bigger and bolder and make us brighter than we could ever be without him. He is the God of limitless resources. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church, in Grace Crossing Church, and throughout all generations. Amen. Our band is coming right now, and I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to close by singing a song that every one of you here know. And right now as we sing this song, I can only imagine, I want you to let your mind and your imagination wander. I want you to let your mind and imagination wander to what heaven's going to be like someday. Because God wants us to have that kind of imagination here on this earth today. Where in your life this morning, standing here, where is God asking you to reimagine him? Where do you re need to reimagine when you pray of who God is and what God is capable of doing? I can only imagine. And this morning, I'm inviting you to imagine with us all that God can and do in us and through us. Father, we stand before you right now. God, standing before the one, the one person from whom we cannot hide anything. The one person that knows us intimately beyond our even the knowledge of ourselves. The one person who understands our fears and our anxieties. The person who knows our past, our sins, our imperfections, the joys and the victories we've had in life and the crushing defeats. We stand before the sovereign Lord, the master of creation who holds together everything, who holds together the smallest molecule and 
has painted the pictures of sunsets, sunrises, of mountain ranges and wide oceans and winding rivers. And we stand here, God, knowing that you're so much bigger than us. And God, I want to be the first in this room to repent of how I've made you small in my life. How I've doubted your word and how I haven't trusted when you've asked. Where I don't think that you're going to do what you've promised, where I get afraid. And then that fear turns to anger and that anger drives those closest to me away and it drives me away from you. And God, you understand everything going on. And you can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. That is so mind-blowing. It's very difficult to even comprehend. And I pray, even in this moment, God, that you would begin to infuse faith in us who do not have it, that you would grow faith in us where it is feeble and weak. For those of us, God, who have strong faith that you would continue to strengthen it even more and that you would give us a mission and a purpose to help those around us to share the stories of when you came through and we didn't know what was going to happen. To share the stories when we did something that maybe our friends and the world thought was ridiculous and yet we knew you were asking us to do it and we stepped forward in faith and you responded and you came through and you did the heavy lifting. God, the anxiety we have in our heart about whatever it is you're putting on there, whatever it is that you want us to give, you want us to commit, whatever it is you want us to do, God, we lay these things before you today and we ask that you would strengthen us to the deepest part of ourselves. And we give the burden back to you. Take it. We don't want it. We want to give that burden to you because we know that you can do more than we can and more than we ever will. And we want to submit that to you, God, for those of us who are hanging on for dear life. We're so wrapped up in the things that we have, the activities that we do. God, I pray that you would give us a big picture. You would give us a vision of what life could be beyond the games and beyond the mortgage and beyond the worries and beyond the relational difficulties and God knowing at the same time that each one of those areas of our life are intimately important to you. They're, they're greatly important. You see them and you want them resolved, but you want to bring us to that place where we trust as we put your kingdom, your vision, the thing you have for our life forward, God, that all those things will begin to be resolved, that you will in your power bring resolution and strength and grace to those areas. God, I pray that you would inspire us with something beyond ourselves. I pray that even right now in this room, we would begin to feel in our stomachs and in our hearts and in our chest that sense that you're asking us to do something that's greater than us. 
we're almost a little bit afraid because we start to sense, what if you ask me to do that? And God, I pray whatever that is, we would submit it to you and that we would know we would have peace and that we would trust you and we do trust you. And I pray, God, right now that you would bring great faith relationship, trust in you, our good Father, who loves us beyond imagination, who loves us more than we love ourselves, who has a plan, a good plan, that we would lay aside our dreams, God, that we would give them to you. Help us dream again and lay them on your altar, God, trusting you to give us back those things that you want, that are the things that we want. And God, I pray that you would just inspire our hearts to live beyond ourselves. And we ask this all in the strong and mighty and good name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. I hope you have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.